Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Wednesday show. Um, it's episode 285. We've got our old friend of the show back, John Locke. He's gonna, we're going to be talking about finding your niche. We're also going to be talking about SEO and membership sites. And then in the bonus content, we'll find something else that's going to be really interesting. And we'll tell you closer to the end of the show what that particular topic is going to be. Um, before I'm um, going to let John quickly introduce himself and my co-host Kim. John, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Sure thing. My name's John Locke. My business is Lockdown Design, and we do SEO for manufacturing and industrial companies. Yeah, the heavy lifters, as they say. Um, Kim, would you quickly like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Absolutely. I'm Kim Schivler. I'm a communications instructor and strategist. I help people build teams as well as online courses and membership sites. And she keeps me under control, folks. I also like to mention that you can um, watch this show live um, on Wednesday at around 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Facebook and the WP Tonic Facebook page. Uh, all you have to do is put WP hyphen tonic show and up it will come. Um, before we go into this great chat, I just want to quickly mention our major sponsor, which is Kinster Hosting. And Kins, what is Kinster Hosting? They only host WordPress. They specialize in WordPress from day one. They're a boutique hosting company, not too small not to have all the bells and whistles. Superb UX design interface, staging site, all the bells and whistles that you require as a developer and great for your clients as well. If you're a client that's looking for maximum speed and great support, you're going to get that from Kinster as well. I host the WP Tonic website with Kinster and some of my clients' websites. We've been totally blown away with their service and the speed and just the staging functionality. Just amazing. If that sounds like something you would be interested in, in, and you should be, go to the WP Tonic website. There are some banners. There will be links in the show notes. They are affiliate links. You'll be supporting the show if you utilize one of those. And just give us some comments of how you found Kinsta in general. I've just found them amazing. So back to our great interview with a real great friend and a friend of the show, John Locke. So, um, Basically, uh, a little while ago, you decided that you were going to find a niche and it's a difficult step to do. Can you quickly go through why you decided that you're going to go in that direction, John? Absolutely. So, uh, and to give a little backstory, um, back it up just a little ways here, uh, I, st I didn't start learning like web design until about 2009. Uh, from 2012, like onward, uh, I was doing a lot of WordPress development, some for like local clients, uh, some like subcontracting to a lot of agencies, most of them back east, really. Uh, but doing a lot of generalized, you know, WordPress development. 
And I was doing okay at that for about five years or so. But around uh, autumn, like late summer, autumn of 2017, I'm like, I really need to mix this up. I need to make a change. And the reason why is uh, a lot, well, there's a couple of reasons. One reason is, is me and my wife, we talk about uh, wanting to be location independent. Not that we're going to go be digital nomads and travel the world, but we just don't want to necessarily have to live close to a big city to get leads. And in order to do that, we really uh, had to pick a specialization that we could be known for and that we could attract leads for by being, you know, among the best in class at what we're doing. And one of the things that I've really been noticing in the web design world as far as like generalized agencies, even the big agencies, you've seen this, you know, years ago uh, when uh, Tian and Lax closed their doors and the, the partners all went to go work for Facebook and a lot of the big agencies in, in web design in general, we're kind of, you know, starting to scale back. We're starting to really see that in the WordPress world now. Um, and a lot of people have, I think the bigger agencies have done fine, but I think just selling WordPress or even, you know, just saying you build on a certain framework or, or something like that is not enough. I just feel like that market has been really, really saturated and there's so many WordPress developers out there that it's not really a distinct thing anymore. You have to like pick the actual vertical and a client base that you're going to serve. Now, at the same time that this was happening, I, I really um, kind of renewed my interest in SEO. I had had some projects uh, when I was first getting into web design around 2011, 2012, where I had uh, done SEO uh, for some side projects and and also for some friends and stuff. Uh, a friend of mine had opened like a business like here and I had done some SEO for him uh, just as kind of part of like building a site. And he, you know, was ranking like, you know, number one, basically he's pulling in leads from, you know, Reno and all over Northern California, you know? So I, you know, I said, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at SEO. I, I've, I've done it in the past, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and do that. And the reason why is a lot of these website projects, it's the way a lot of agencies work is they kind of, they'll build a site, they'll launch a site, and then it's kind of it. You're kind of done. They don't really do maintenance uh, unless you go on a retainer, and a lot of places don't necessarily want to do that. And so, um, but SEO is a lot different because you're actually measuring what's happening like after because a lot of people say like hey this web design is like great you know it's seo optimized well how do you know it's optimized because you're not really measuring it afterwards you're just moving on from the project and going to the next project in the pipeline uh seo is is a different business model because what i do is you know uh, i do do like one-offs like seo audits but for somebody who's like really trying to grow their stuff it's a monthly retainer and you have them on there for, you know, usually around six months, like minimum is, is what I say, uh, you know, and sometimes it scales down after that, but you're still doing stuff in the background. So to me, it's, it's like a lot more stable business model. It's something that I'm good at. Um, and, you know, I can also do the web design on top of it, but instead of including SEO as part of the web design, I'm including the web design as part of the SEO. And so 
it makes a lot more sense. Now, in picking the vertical of manufacturing and blue-collar companies is kind of like I had done, you know, you kind of do the thing where you go down the grid of like who can afford to, you know, pay for this stuff, uh, who's going to get the ROI, who do you enjoy serving, and who, you know, who do you have on your client roster. And I had a couple like blue-collar companies already on my roster. I had kind of like a big mix of, of different like types of clients. But um, the the ones that they're either fabricating or they're manufacturing or they're selling some sort of products like online, those seem to be generating the most revenue and they seem to be the easiest to work with because I, I think, and nothing against like, you know, smaller, you know, like maybe like solo like businesses where it's, you know, life coach, author, you know, massage therapist, whatever, what have you that's fine but like they're really not going to be able to put in the revenue to uh get a return like from from doing seo for more than you know like a month or so so it just made sense to me to kind of go in that direction now the the next step that i kind of did was really um crafting the message on my site to to kind of like really drill down with that. And I kind of wavered and you'll go back and if you look at archive.org, you could even see when I first like relaunched the site, it was kind of still like wavering. It was like, you know, I was still like saying, you know, we're based in Sacramento. We do, you know, web design and, and stuff like this. And it wasn't like honed down, but I think like as it is right now, I think like the, the first words you see when you go to my site now is like, we're doing SEO for manufacturing you know, an industrial company so you can get like more RFQs, which is requests for quotes. It's basically people saying how much will it cost to build this or how much will it cost to like, you know, ship this to me. So I'm seeing a lot of success. Um, I have to say that I'm getting, I don't know if it's like the content that I'm writing because um, I'm just writing about like, you know, SEO for the most part. I'm not really writing uh, stuff toward like other marketers or other developers anymore. I still have like, you know, stuff on my site from that, but I'm not really pushing it. Uh, I'm, I'm getting back into YouTube and I'm making videos that are about SEO that are aimed just at those, you know, helping the clients and not really at, you know, other marketers and not really at other like, you know, people who do what I do. Seems to be working because I am getting like inquiries from all over the place, not just here in Sacramento. Um, so there you go. Seems to be working out. The evil plan is, you know, 29% complete. The so, evil plan. Uh, yeah. Kim, have you got a question? Yes. Um, how much when you're dealing with these companies, they're the blue collar. So I think a lot of times, like you said, manufacturing, local businesses, et cetera. Mm -hmm. What strategy do you have or, or what is your percentage of really specialized with them on local SEO, like maybe you know, a car repair place type blue collar or a bigger manufacturing company where they might be looking for national or international contracts even. How do you break that out and what's your strategy there? Okay, that's an excellent question because I do have both types uh, of clients like that. Now, with local SEO, uh, you're really going to focus more on getting local links and mentioning like local area, like here's the areas we serve. Um, and then 
usually, and for both of these cases, I'm going to do like a full SEO audit of the whole site. So I can, before I go in and fix everything, I can, you know, show them like, hey, here's where you're at. Here's where your competition's at. And here's what I think we should do. And then the, you know, the next months after that, we're actually doing all that stuff. But it's important to kind of like outline it. Uh, with local SEO, you're going to want to, you know, just as a baseline and a foundation, you're going to want to make sure you have all your local citations correct. Uh, you're going to want to, you know, possibly have like landing pages for specific areas. Um, I think it's a good idea to have like reviews from like local people. Like if you're going to do like landing pages like that, have it on there. Um, you know, anything like that, that you, you know, they can show that you're part of that community is going to be good. Obviously you're going to like want to focus a lot more on the Google My Business part and get like local reviews. Yelp is going to be way more important uh, to like local SEO. And if you're in a specific like type of vertical, uh, whether it's depending on what it is, you're gonna you're gonna want to maybe get like another like third party type of review system. So if it's like real estate, you're gonna want to get reviews from Zillow. Mm -hmm. um, if you're like a lawyer, you want to get reviews from Avo. Uh, if you're more like a contractor type, you're going to want to maybe get on something like Nearby Now uh, or like Home Advisor, maybe get reviews there, Angie's List, House. Uh, those are the type of, types of things that you're going to want to do. Um, now for national, it's going to be a lot more about matching what the user intent is. And one of the things that I break down in SEO audits is let's look at what's actually ranking on page one. Why is Google, let's like really try and figure out why is Google putting these ones up at the top? Why are all these ones above you? And so it's looking at not, not just like the content on the page and the words that they use and the backlinks that they have. All those things are totally important, but it's what is the user actually coming here to do? Because you'll see like sometimes, and especially like if you're selling industrial products, some of the things that like rank up high, it's like, huh, Here's just like a page like of the categories of the different things that they're selling. Why is this up here? Um, some of the ones are really obvious. Like, like say you'll go to a page and it'll have like all the product information and it answers like every question that the, the customer could have. And maybe it has like, you know, product reviews and, you know, things like that. But sometimes you'll see patterns emerge too. Like say, if you're searching using like these particular phrases, you're looking for the cheapest version of this industrial product. And if you use like these types of phrases, maybe you're looking for um, like a higher end version of that type of product. So it's, it's really, and looking at the layout of the page, um, sometimes you know, certain search phrases are purely informational. You're not going to rank like selling a service or a, a you know, for those terms, people are asking a question and then other terms are going to be, you have to have some sort of ability for them to either buy the product or get a, get a quote on the product because that's the only thing that's going to satisfy that searcher intent. So it's really just looking at the patterns. Um, obviously you're going to want to, you know, have good content that answers all those questions so a product page and then all the supporting informational content in the site that other 
uh, sites that are like ranking really well have. And then, you know, trying to figure out like how you can do something that's a little bit different. So you're not, you know, complete carbon copy. You don't want to do that either. Um, and then the basics, just getting on fast hosting, um, making sure that all, you know, technical SEO is right. No, uh, 404s, you know, having nice, short, clear URLs, um, and making sure that you have a backlink profile that, uh, doesn't suck because that's, that's a lot of SEO companies. They, they don't, some of them just invest into backlinks and they just get them from anywhere and that's not going to help. And then some SEO, uh, people will not, in, you know, build backlinks at all. And that's not going to help you either because honestly, I mean, you need content's important, but you're not going to rank without links. You're just not. So yeah. I think that was great. Um, before we go to the break, I've got one final question. Like I say, before we go to the break, do you think this niche process, do you think you've, you've probably been thinking this yourself. Do you think you've taken it further enough and maybe you should just focus on one industry, one industrial industry? Um, you know, maybe, uh, but I, I, I think for now it's, I think it's casting a wide net. I think, if I was to get a bunch of the same types of clients, it might end up like competing against one another and that might be mm. a little tricky. Yes. So I, I think for right now it's it's the right yes. it's dialed into the right intensity. So Yep, that's a really good point. Thanks for that, John. We're gonna go for our break, folks. When we come back, we're gonna be talking about SEO around membership sites and what John thinks. If you're looking to start your membership site or if you've got a membership site, what are some of the things you've got to consider to get that traffic to have a successful membership website? We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back. We've had a great discussion with my friend John Locke about SEO and um, about why he's niched his own agency um, and why that's, I feel, I totally agree with John, why that's so important. Um, so on to the, onto the subject of membership sites. So um, you already have covered some of the things, but what are some of the considerations? You know, somebody, you know, somebody's got a lot of balls in the air when it comes to a membership site. They've got the technology, the content, the, um, and then they've got to get people to the site. So if you had somebody approaching you with a membership site, um, what would be some of the advice you would give them around SEO, John? Well, there's a couple things that, that you're going to really want to do. Um, and I think first is have a lot of great free content. Um, I think where a lot of membership sites uh, jump the gun is just expecting people to buy into their stuff without really having, you know, gotten that brand loyalty. 
if if you look at like a product ladder, uh, free content would be the lowest rung. Uh, maybe like some sort of you know ebook or or you know uh, small product might be next. You know you want to obviously get people on some sort of recurring membership thing where they're you know buying into your paid content. But I think your free content needs to be almost as good. Be, and for a couple of reasons, if you don't have good free content, you're not going to build up an audience that's going to be necessary to you know build a viable business off of. People talk about having 100 true fans. If you have 100 true fans that buy everything that you put out, you, you can have a business. But to get those 100 true fans, you're going to probably need thousands of casual fans first. So building things up, um, uh, you got to get good at content creation. Uh, so the free content on your site, you know, whether that's like podcasts, videos, written content, maybe a mix of all three. And I think also pushing out to, you know, your email list, making sure that you're doing something unique within your e emails as well that's providing value to people. Uh, I think it takes a lot of touches to really get people to buy into any sort of membership these days. You really have to be hammering it uh, so if you're not good at, at creating content on a daily basis, uh, it's going to be difficult. Second thing I would say is definitely uh, get allies that can help you promote that. I think you see that in the WordPress space. A lot of people do that pretty well. Um, and I think the WordPress space is, is uh, generally uh, built to uh, be good at that, where you have people like kind of uh, promoting each other in a way that uh, – everybody benefits. Um, and so when somebody does have a membership uh, offering or they have a product launch or like a course, you're generally aware of it uh, because people, you know, do podcast tours, shout out Kai Davis. Um, you know, so th those are the two things that I would say uh, overall. I uh, you know, but when it comes down to like a granular level, when you're first trying to get that content to have traction, make sure you're paying attention to things like uh, page titles, meta descriptions, making sure that you're the, the, the key phrase that you're trying to target with people. Say if you have a particular keyword that you're trying to get people to buy into, um, make sure that it has searches uh, for one, that people are searching for it. Like say if you were going to, you know, whatever, freelancing course, start freelancing, something like that. Make sure you have that in the page title. Make sure you have it in the actual content. Make sure the URL is like that. Uh, be clever, but not like overly clever because you still want to be found in organic search. And then, you know, try and get other people to link to it and promote it. Like when you, you know, go on podcasts, when you go on videos, make sure that people know about it. So that's just my general advice. That's great. Kim, you've got a question? Um, yes and no. <laughs> I'll comment more, and then I want to hear John's feedback on okay. that. So one of the things when I work, you know, since I work specifically with people on membership sites, a lot of times we are, our membership site piece itself has no SEO involved with it. It's a subdomain that's completely segmented. Their main site is where they're building their audience. Once it's built, and many of these people have done it over years and years and years. You know, so by the time they launch the membership site, you know, they've got a webinar with 10,000 people. 
that -hmm. came on the webinar. And we segment out the membership site because then we don't have people actually logging into our forward-facing marketing site. So we're looking at it. A lot of times when I work with clients, we're doing a completely different strategy. The marketing site's everything you said about the content. And then we keep the membership piece completely separate. It's a subdomain fully locked down. And the other than the landing page, that if you know somebody finds that they don't, they're not being driven to from the main site, the email lists, the in a couple of these people's cases, even even large television um, uh, exposure, not just podcast exposure. So we're doing it that way, which we're just driving them to that main site. Okay, your thoughts on that type of strategy? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, that that's totally. I, I totally don't have a problem with that. I, I think that that is totally beneficial. Um, you're basically trying to get them hooked into your brand. I mean, ultimately, yeah. that's it. what you're going for. It's, yeah. it's almost not even about – SEO is just kind of the hook that gets people in. You know, maybe they read, like, you know, an article and then another article, and they keep seeing your name. And pretty soon they're, you know, subscribing to your, you know, uh, email list. Maybe they're watching your YouTube and then, you know, they, finally they're, you know, taking the plunge on, you know, joining your membership site. So I think that's totally fine. Well, I think, I think in some, in, a, in an interesting way, this is also linked to our previous, com- our discussion in the first half of the show, John, is that I think what Kim's just described is a client that's already built an established audience but let's say you, you, you're trying to build content based on your experience, but you're also building your audience as well at the same time, which is a much harder road, but it's still achievable. But I think it's only achievable, funny enough, if you, you've got to niche. You've got to really um, focus on a, probably a smaller niche audience to start off with than what you think you should what's your thoughts around that, John? Well, I think definitely, I mean, yeah, you want to be solving for one person. Uh, So definitely like, you know, imagine that person in your mind, like, you know, who they are, what they're, what they're, what they desire, who, what, what is the better version of themselves that they want to be? Um, You know, somebody like Ramit Sethi, he has, his site, I will teach you to be rich.com. And like, you know, at first, you know, he, it took him a, you know, a long time to get traction. A lot of people, uh, you know, derided him, but it's basically, he's aiming at a certain type of person who's trying to either negotiate like a higher salary or earn more money. And it, it, all his content, like consistently over time has been breaking down, like why traditional, uh, financial advice doesn't work and, you know, what you should do instead. But he's solving for a, a very specific type of person. Um, and like I said, like, you know, any successful membership site, it's going to have a specific avatar in mind. Uh, Curtis McHale, he uh, has basically like a coaching or mastermind group, but it's specifically for people who are 
creative entrepreneurs that are not even just creative entrepreneurs, but people who want to, you know, spend more time with their family, people who are like more family focused. They have small kids uh, that they want to spend more time with. They don't want to spend all their time like working and miss that time. So it's a very specific avatar. So yeah, I, I do agree with that. What do you think, Kim, you know, your experience of working clients, do you think um, that if they're not at that stage where they've got a massive audience that, so they're trying to build an audience plus the course as well, they're going to have to really niche at a very tight market niche, which then they can start to get some traction. Would you agree with that, Kim? Yeah, I, I always recommend for people to really address a specific niche and not go too broad. Actually, no matter how large they are, how big, how big of an audience they are, because the more you focus towards a specific audience, the more you're going to address and find the true fans that are going to buy everything you have. So I think that no matter what, now I still, even with people building out their new audience, in many, many cases, I will still divide it into two sites, a branding marketing site that brings them in and then their learning platform, membership platform, et cetera, so that you're managing the two differently as far as where people are logging in and accessing that hidden content. But absolutely, on that branding site, the more that you can target your audience and and speak just to that audience, the easier it's going to be to grow faster. And I think doing that kind of SEO research around key phrases is a good way because obviously you don't want to take this too far, you know, that there's only like 10 people in the world that are interested in that specific niche. But on the other hand, doing basic SEO research on numbers will give you indication if there's enough traffic and enough interest. And then you've got to make some kind of judgment call qualifying will people are people interested enough that they will pay to join a course for that particular subject? What do you reckon, Kim? Absolutely, because there are things people search for that they don't pay for. No, Absolutely. And what do you think, John, there? How do you make that kind of um, – do you look at maybe um, what people are paying Google in AdWords uh, around particular key phrases, can that be indication that there's profit in that particular area? Um, I think for some things, well, definitely, I, I, I yes and no. Yeah. I, I think for for Google phrases that are going to be a lot of money, it's usually mm-hmm. uh, there's usually a lot of profit to be made. I would say I would tend to think from what I've seen that a lot of the phrases that would be around membership sites might not necessarily have a high AdWords cost. But what I would look at is how many people are searching uh, for certain things. Uh, and again, and too, and, and if you're, if you're pulling like the people in your network, like, would you pay for this? Don't go by that. Okay. Only go by like, you know, do people actually, shell out hard-earned money for this. That's, that's yeah. it, yeah. So, and you also got to see if there's a pain. You know, you got to really do research on the questions people are answering about your particular subject, don't you, John? And get a broad idea. Is there enough conversation out there and enough pain 
or enough interest in the topic that you could provide uh, a membership site that will resolve their problems? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a lot of it is just do people – I mean, the, the, there's only a few things that people really pay for when you break it down. They want to make more money. They want to be healthier. Uh, or they you know, want to have like a better standard of living. I mean, those are really like the, the few things that people are going to you know, pay for. Uh, you know, make more money or be in better shape or – know something like that be a better version of yourself is trying to figure out like is how many people are wanting uh to be a better version of themselves around the thing that you're offering how can you can you help them get there and uh you know just tapping in and finding those people that have that desire that's great. We're going to um, close it down now, folks, for the actual podcast part of the show. John's um, going to stay on with us. And in the bonus content, we're going to discuss some recent articles that you've seen that says, you know, just producing great content will get people to your site and um, what John thinks around those conversations. John, um, what kind of client are you looking What are the best fit clients for you? And um, how can people um, get hold of you in general and find out more about you, John? Sure thing. So my best fit type of client are companies that were formed in the last five or six years that are making around 250K to 50 million. Most of them are in that half million to $1 million range. uh, And you're selling either uh, some sort of industrial service or an industrial uh, manufactured product and you have a lot of established competitors that you're trying to beat. You're trying to overcome them and figure out how to get more traffic and customers through SEO. Uh, How you can find me is at my site, which is lockdowndesign.com. That's great. And Kim, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to, Kim? You can find me at kimshivler.com. Oh, that's great. And if you want to find more about WP Tonic, like I say, we're a service company that only specializes in um, maintaining and supporting our clients around WordPress with a speciality of membership and learning management systems. It's a passion for me and it's, um, it's just a great vertical for me and my team to help you get the results that you're looking for. Also, if you want to support the show, um, go to iTunes and get us a review. It really does help the show. And we I periodically read some of them out, which is fun. And it does really help the show. So we'll be, um, like I say, we'll be, you can watch more of this interview with um, John um, on the WP Tonic website. We're going to be discussing um, some recent articles that he's um, read and wants to comment on. And that should be good stuff. And we'll see you next week where we're going to have somebody doing something interesting with WordPress. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.